Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damn as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Amen. Awesome. Matt, how are you doing? Good. It feels like forever since I've said that phrase, but it has not been forever. It's been a week. Well, it hasn't been forever since I've seen you. We got to spend the entire week together. My children have been a widowed, widowed by ministry, Whoa, orphan, eesh. orphan, orphan <laughs> by ministry. Um, I don't even want we, to dive into what that means. <laughs> we got a lot done. It was unbelievable. Some of the things yeah. we talked about. And one of the things that I thought we could share is uh, how we landed upon some common language. Yeah. Um, Before we dive into that, though, like I think that like the meeting is one of the reasons why it feels so long since I said this. And I don't know how like you guys, how many people out there like go like for planning meetings, whether it's like a, a whole day or a, a couple of days and you get back and you're like, oh, my God, is it a month later? <laughs> like It, it feels, feels like, that way. It feels yes. like weeks. Um, but it, and, and it's not because it's exhausting um, and not because it's uselessly exhausting, um, but because you feel like you've gotten so much done. Yes. And that's like when you have those moments of like deep work, whether it's just you personally working on something for a really long time, you get so much done. You're like, holy moly, that was like five days worth of work done in three hours. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what this week felt like that just it was just two days. Where we, where we got to meet together and, and talk and dream and, like you said, get alignment. Um, and it felt like a, a full week of doing work together or more. But there was very little downtime. Um, and I think it's fine when we're leaning in for a, a time to find that. But we have renewed vision. We have renewed vigor. Like we're new ministry leaders after that time of visioning and stepping away and having some conversations that I don't think we usually have. But once a year, you know, Speaking like of that, is that something we've talked about on this podcast at all? What's that downtime? Like, no, just like like structure for um, getting traction <laughs> with your ministry, uh, having quarterly meetings, having weekly meetings, all that. Stuff. Have, we, have we talked about that at all as far as leadership? I don't believe so. <laughs> uh, I think that's a miss. So maybe next podcast. <laughs> More meetings actually leads to less meetings, if you can believe it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So um, anyways. So we come back renewed, but like th- there were a couple of other things that were going on in the midst of it. We were launching Equipped. So during yep. every downtime, we were click, click, click on the keyboard, making sure that people had an on-ramp to that. Um, I had a couple of presentations to give, one that we had to drive to Austin for mm-hmm. and back. So two-hour drive each direction. And on the drive up there, we got some heavy news. And so like there was just no downtime. It was yeah. like, it was, yep. yeah. Whew. So. <laughs> yeah, so it has. It, it's felt like a month of work in the last three days, um, but it is, believe it or not, good to see you again, Matt Rice. It is good to see you too. It was literally yesterday. Yes. Um, but yeah, the common language, regardless of what you're doing, and I would say in whatever field you're in, common language is essential. Um, because if you're if you're using one term for something and someone else is using another term, it, it's not going to make any sense. And you're going to have a hard time having conversations together. Amazing segue. So let me try. Um, one of the things that we discussed is common language at our offsite, and we thought that that might be a good topic for us to discuss today. Um, one of the big pieces that we found is that there are different ways to talk about the conversion process and kind of the ministerial goal or what it means to be um, really kind of taking people through a process instead of just saying this is the only on-ramp to the faith. Sure. And, uh, and so let, let's just share a couple of them. 
Yeah, I, not just that, but like, so the, the whole process of deciding on common language, I think is important too, because um, just because you, it's the new way to say it doesn't mean it's the right way to say it for your organization. Um, if you if your organization has been using certain terms for so long, um, it may be best to use those. Or if the majority of your organization is using a, a set of terms for it, but the leadership wants to use a different term, it may be better to actually use the, what the majority of people are using, because then that then you don't have to teach everybody, and like you have to teach fewer people the the new language. Right. So some goals of common language would, would be unity. That, yeah. that you could be unified and that makes it specific, right? So my, my kids are on a swim team and they have a, a cheer that they do. And it's, it's just crazy. It sounds like gibberish, but to the team, it's common language for like, let's go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so in regards to it, I don't think that it'd be wise for us to sit down with a bunch of friends and start doing that cheer because they would feel isolated. But in the context of the swim team, we're unified because of it, right? Yep. So unity is one of the goals of common language. Mobilization, so that people know which direction they're supposed to be going. I would also say mission is helpful in common language. Accessibility is another piece in regards to common language. And so when when uh, a priest is given a homily to families and he's thrown around phrases like transubstantiation, maybe for the second graders in the room, it would just be better for him to say, it's the true presence or it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. No, or, no, not even that. Or it's, it's Jesus. It's just it's, really Jesus. It's, it's this really, is really Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And, and, and that's it. And so maybe that's the common language because then when they get into uh, middle school or high school and they add to that, they're like, it's really Jesus. What does that mean? And we introduce like body, blood, soul, and divinity. Oh, it's all of Jesus. And yeah. then you can go to transubstantiation and, and move, move forward from there. But you start with common language that almost might seem simplified in order to be able to create a structure to build on it as well. Yeah. Well, my concern is that sometimes we go in from a catechetical standpoint and we're using phrases that like confuse people, right? So RCA has uh, catechumens, um, they have the elect, they have, there's all these different phrases, but to the average parishioner, these are just people going through RCIA and we can yeah. rally behind that, right? Yeah. That's some common language. But when you get into actually the, the right of Christian initiation for adults. There are a lot of different terms that that mark some of those amazing moments as you journey along through the process. And it's important for some people to know, but we need common language for everyone so we can rally behind these people that are journeying in the faith or journeying yeah. towards conversion. So what I'm hearing you say is common language is not just the same language that I'm saying and you're saying, but it's also language that makes sense to the common person. Like without using the derogatory term common, um, but like that it's it's not like language that's difficult to understand. Yes. When making the decision of what common language to use, that you're also going to use common terms, you know, that make sense to most people. To, to a degree, unless you have an onboarding process to make that a reality. Yeah. And so we talked about that with some different core values that organizations have, and sometimes they create their own word to possess that core value. And so yep. that's part of who we are as an organization. There has to be an on-ramp to introducing them to that, that lexicon, right? Yeah. Or those vocabulary words. Yeah. The wider this um, common language is going to be used, the more common it needs to be. Is that like, is that a fair statement? Absolutely. And so when we were talking, we were talking about how do we communicate the conversion process and what we're trying to do with the youth that we serve or the parishes that we serve. And, you can go to forming intentional disciples and they talk about the different thresholds 
Yep. Right. And there's like eight different thresholds. There's yes. seven different thresholds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can go to some of the different documents and follow the RCA model and have different phases that people are in and then translate them into the life of a youth. There's, there's like 18 different ways to skin baseball, this cat. The, the baseball diamond analogy is four different stages and three different areas of conversion in that whole process. Right. And so when we were having this conversation, um, you know, we had uh, Michael from Project YM in the room and he's like, we just say reach, feed, send. Yep. And we're like, okay, just explain that for a second. He goes, reach, feed, send. And then we look at all the other kind of models that we had up there and we're like, oh yeah, reach encompasses these two on the baseball diamond or these three things in regards to the threshold. So feed is this and send is this. And yeah. all of a sudden it was like, this language is something that we can communicate to volunteers yep. in, in 60 seconds or less. Yeah. Like, let's make this our common language so that everyone in our organization is saying reach, feed, send instead of one person is using, I love the forming and digital disciples thresholds. I yep. love that. So one person is using that. Another person, Matt, you like the baseball diamond thing sure. as well as, you know, some of the people that we work with. And then it's like, well, what if we just all come back to common language? What would be best for the parent that's at a parent meeting and listens to this and can go home and say, I'm excited about my youth participating because they're going to reach, feed, send my youth into discipleship. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So that's some common language and that's the power of common language. And I think that our organization is going to be better because we're going to be able to multiply that vision because the common language is also really simple and accessible. And that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and, and this is, this is not to say that at higher levels, you can't dive in a little bit deeper into the, let's just say the feed section. So in, in feed, you've got the the whole idea of af after initial conversion them learning more about their faith and then at some point they make a choice to be a disciple and then from disciple they're learning what it is like being disciples learning what that means and then and then before they're sent they they understand and they become um, intentional disciples or missionary disciples where they're going to go out and make disciples themselves. That's right. the feed section. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't have those conversations, like deeper conversations at leadership level and say, okay, within feed, what are we doing to build disciples? Within feed, what are we doing to grow those initial conversion kiddos or whatever? Um, but at the lowest level, you're just using the term feed. And it makes sense to mom and dad, you know, or to the average Joe Blow in the in in the pew at the parish. That makes sense, right? Um, because we want this to be dispersed and spread as widely as possible, so they understand the vision of what we're doing. And so, when when you as a youth director or whatever your ministry leadership role is, get a phone call and say, "Hey, I need some babysitters for this situation," um, could you do that? Like, actually, that doesn't fall into our vision of reach, feed, send. And the person on the other end of the line is like, oh, that's right. That's your guys' big push this year. It's like, no, it's our big push always. And so us being a babysitter service, don't don't get me started on safe environment, but it, do, it doesn't make sense. So sorry, you're going to have to find it at someone in your neighborhood, whatever it is. But I've received phone calls for that. And it gave me permission to say, actually, I have a vision or there is a vision that we have. And that doesn't fit into the vision. So I'm not going to put energy towards this. Thank you and good luck. You know, and yeah. Random question. This is just kind of a side. So um, what about the Easter egg hunt? Like, and I'm, I'm talking about youth ministries or whatever, because very often there are some, like, I don't want to say festivals or activities that parishes do, um, whether it's a pancake breakfast or Easter egg hunt or whatnot, that sometimes they'll say, hey, we would like the, the, the youth ministry team to do this. Yes. Um, yep. And you can absolutely say yes to this. 
unless it's just we want you to set out the eggs and clean up. Because yeah, yeah. the Easter egg hunt is excellent because sharing your faith with people is like ridiculous, intimidating, ridiculously hard, especially especially for that first time. Yeah. Sharing your faith with a three-year-old that's excited to get candy is an amazing on-ramp for teens to be able to be like, I just did something to where I brought the light of Christ to someone in some tangible way. Yeah. And then we say, okay, remember how you did it with a third grader? Yeah. Remember how you did it with a three-year-old? Now do it with the person that's sitting by themselves in the lunchroom. Yeah. B- bring an egg if you have to. Like, let it remind you. But like, you can share joy by sharing candy and entering into dialogue. Because yeah. that's literally what you did. And so I think that it's great. But I think there's sometimes where it's like, well, youth can do all the jobs that no one else wants to do. It's like, literally, they don't want to do them either. Right? Yeah, so nobody, let, nobody wants to do them. <laughs> let's, when we set people into mission, let's not just set people into service, but into mission. Let's put it in yeah. context of how they are sharing the gospel in a meaningful and intentional way. So that's where that, that reach, feed, send, that wouldn't necessarily be a, a feed moment, you know, or a feed event for your youth ministry, but it could be a reach event. Um, and it could be, or it could be a send event because in your role in, let's just stick with youth ministry, you're not just reaching youth. You're reaching potential volunteers as well. And there are potential volunteers who have kids who are going to be there doing the Easter egg hunt. You bring some high schoolers to help with the the Easter eggs and to share the faith with kids. That's a par- partially a send event, helping them learn what it is to be sent. But then you're standing there um, and your other volunteers, your other adult volunteers are there talking with the parents about what this means and, and about, like evangelization and learning more about them to potentially reach them as part of your volunteer team or just part of your support team in the parish. And, and I think that's so important to note. Then we're talking reach feeds in, or we're talking common language. It doesn't just apply to those who are in our programming, but we want to reach parents so that we can feed youth and send them into mission. We want parents to understand how to reach their youth as well. So we have to feed parents as well and send them into mission in the lives of their own teenagers. But that same model, that same process, that dialogue can start happening around that framework that is a common language, a common framework across the board. And yeah, so it gives us it gives us permission to be more intentional in other ways as well, which is exciting. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because like when you think about, um, I don't know, putting together an email list where you're trying to promote an event, um, reaching people and getting people into that top part of the funnel or whatever, um, we do everything we can to do that. Um, but very often when when we look at the events that the parish puts on, we don't think about those like I would I, I and I'm, I'm this is an extreme case, but if I was the leader of a ministry in a parish and there were events going on at the parish where there were potentially volunteers, I want all of those events, you know, yeah. like yeah. I, I will lead every single one of those events. I will run yeah. every single one of those events because then I will have the fullest part of the funnel, like for volunteers and everybody else is going to be jealous because I've captured the contact information or the people that that are going to be at the top of my funnel to volunteer for my program. Boom, and, I win. And and if you're truly good, it's not about a competition, but if you're truly good and you meet and you sit down and meet with those volunteers as we should, you might see that some of those volunteers would be a better fit elsewhere. And then you send them into mission elsewhere yep. because that's what it means to be a good steward of, of those gifts. The other piece about this common language that I really like, the reach, feed, send aspect of it, and uh, and for whatever you're doing, find common language. It has a narrative to it, yeah. Right, and it fits a narrative. So some some companies have like a made up word that marks one of their core values or whatever. But 
how that word got in there has a story behind it and there's a narrative as to why that word is is part of it you know yeah. and so so make sure that we have that like in, in youth ministry i printed every schedule on a blue sheet right and it was just something because what ended up happening is it was easier for them to grab the blue sheet than to look among all the other white sheets that were handouts or paperwork or flyers and be like which one's the schedule it's just the blue sheet and so that became common language we didn't call it the schedule we said grab the blue sheet and your small group questions are there and, uh, and, and th there was a story behind it that we talked about. Why do we use a blue sheet? But it kind of became like this, this, this thing, legend. Like because if it was ever printed on pink, man, you were screwed. <laughs> the, the only time. And he was like, I'm so sorry, but it's Gadate Sunday, which is joyful Sunday when the, the priests wear rose colored vestments. And so, so I gave, I gave one of the, the team members a pass on that, but I said, let's not do that again. And <laughs> Don't ever every, do that again. <laughs> everyone, everyone on the team was shook up by it. They're like, oh, and they were mostly like, how is Chris going to react? Because I am a type A personality and there's a lot of growth areas. <laughs> there's a lot of blessings and growth areas surrounding that. But, but there needs to be a narrative, something that goes along with, uh, with some of this common language that people can say it's more than just reach, feed, sin. This is a journey. Right. Yeah. People can see that, you know, it's more than just a blue sheet. This is this is a part of our organizational structure of excellence when we're doing ministry. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know if this is necessarily the next thing you're going to say, but we just kind of talked about permission to play. Like if it doesn't fit in with reach, feed, send for the area that I've been called to, to lead ministry, we don't do it. There's no permission to play that game or to play that whatever. Um, but it's also an area like a way for us to to look at what we should or shouldn't be doing, you know, and I don't know if that's necessarily the, the direction we're trying to go with this, but if, if we have common language and we're using common language, then we know the common vision and we know the areas that need to be filled if they're, if they're lacking. Right. And so part of it is in regards to that, like the common language is helpful because if we are not using common language, then it's confusing when we say no to something. Yeah. Right. But if I can explain, well, maybe you, maybe before I tell you my answer, it'd be good for you to understand what we're trying to accomplish here in the ministry. And then you explain kind of the vision in common language. But if you're there and it's like, well, the eschatological implications of that activity aren't as fruitful as what we're doing over here with the teenagers and catechetical blah, blah, blah. And that person's like, you're horrible. Like you're just trying to be on your, your high horse with your degree in theology and your beard. You know what I mean? And that's not what we, that's not what we desire. Instead, now let's mobilize people into the vision and say, so if you have an opportunity that fits into the reach, feed, sin model, please come talk to us because we would absolutely want to collaborate with that. But this opportunity sounds like something that would be better fit at a different organization. And they're like, oh, I understand you better. I understand that I'm invited to participate in that. And I understand that this is not the opportunity bye-bye. Yeah, but it's not just that, that because that falls into the permission to play. I'm saying like when you're assessing your uh, ministry and you look at what all are we doing in these different areas, let's just stick with this same analogy of reach, feed, send. If we have everything, if we have like four programs in reach and five programs in feed, but nothing in send, yes. like, we, we, like we have to use those models or whatever that language to assess where we need to add to it you know so whatever common language you're using if if there is a section of that common language that is not filled or not being used you need to seek out something to fill that it's, it's fascinating to think about that because all of us can examine our ministries and see areas that it's like ooh, that's not performing the way that we wanted to mm -hmm. and the question is why like why, why do we feel that way maybe that's performing exactly the way that it's supposed to and we need to let that program go or that aspect of what we're doing go yeah. so that we can make space for something that better fits our vision or our mission or 
things like that. Common language helps us to be able to communicate that and assess that. Absolutely. But yeah, if if in that same example, we have the, you know, someone saying, oh, hey, we need we need to have more feed programming. And then someone else, you know, on the team saying, oh, you know, we really need to start working on discipleship, you know, and, and it, and then they start to argue, no, we need feed. No, we need discipleship. No, we need feed. No, we need discipleship. You're saying the same freaking thing. Yes. Like, like use the same language and, and let's just move forward. Yeah. That's, and that's the benefit of having common language is like, we need more of this. Okay, great. Let's use that same word. Everybody's using the same word for what that is. So where do we get common language? I think the first place to start is to look at what you've already been saying, right? Yeah. So there is, there are some common language pieces. Now that same word bank is also where we find insider language, which is not good, which is yep. not helpful. Right. Yep. And so we, we have to be careful. We have to be intentional and selective in regards to that. But common language is probably already present in your organization. And you've probably used it when you're trying to explain something. They're like, I don't understand. And then you knock it to a more accessible level. Yep. Th there's your common language, whatever it is that you could explain to a parent that's on the phone and they only have five minutes, like you figure out what that language looks like and use that language. What yep. is the language that the volunteers are using when they're trying to explain it to someone else? Start using that common language because this is more accessible. It's hard sometimes with the heady language that we use and we utilize in our catechetical circles, which is important to still have and, and, and play in. But, uh, but ma let's make sure that common language is, is accessible. So, yeah, absolutely. Common language that you've also seen on this show is that we seek to, to, to meet the, the hurts. Oh my gosh. I can't even remember. Hopes, hopes and hungers. Ho that's hurts, my part. Hurts, hopes and hungers that every ministry leader has. And so that that's common language. That's our mission statement to a degree in just four words, hurts, hopes, and hungers. Um, and so that, that mobilizes us in, in filtering things as well. Yeah. One of the things you were talking about is finding common language, you know, and some of it is in, in the, you said the terminology you're already using, not the, not the insider language, like you were talking about the, but the language that you can, uh, but then where else do you find it? And it may, it may not be language. And this is what I was saying at the very beginning. It may not be language that you yourself have been using, but it might be language that other people in your organization have been using. And some of that is like sort of letting go of your ego a little bit. It may, it may, it may require you to be humble. And like, well, this is the right language, you know, or this is the more accurate language. Um, we need to use the terms, you know, discipleship and accompany and evangelize. Um, and it's like, well, like those are all right words and good words and very popular words right now. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that they are the the common language, the language we should be using. And so um, yeah. letting go of our egos and being OK, it doesn't have to be super perfect. Um, or theologically, I don't know, whatever, um, but it, it needs to be something that makes sense to people. Right. And I think that narrative where it tells a story is important too. But like even Focus, who I, I would consider giants in the world of outreach and evangelization and disciple building, they don't use that phrase, those phrases. They yeah. say, win, win, build, send. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. which sounds very similar to what we've done. So don't be afraid to borrow aspects of language that works in other organizations. Like it's simple enough for them. It's good enough for us. Like ministry is meant to be shared. Let's, yeah. let's not, let's not get territorial in that. 
even if all the volunteers are coming your way, do not get territorial in that. Matt Rice. <laughs> I win. Um, but no, so it, even outside and what are other areas where we need common language? Cause I, we've been talking about discipleship and formation. Um, but there are other areas where we need common language and it's important to have that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think in promotion, right. If, if our, if our retreat name is 42 words long, Oh, we just went through a document. Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to say the name of the document. Gonna, <laughs> go for it. Go yeah, for yeah. it. <laughs> so you, you need a riff while I pull it up, but yeah. yeah. But like the, the names of the different programs we put together for sure. But I was, I was also thinking, like, I want to dive into this a little bit. Um, but I was also thinking with regards to you know, on the financial side of things, um, what terms does the finance department use for things? Um, and we need to make sure we're using the same terminology on that side of things, common language in, in that side of things within a staff. Yeah. So instead of the budgetary item saying high school religious education, because many of the other budgetary items say religious education, right? Yeah. What, what, what is something that you're pushing to be able to have yeah. when we're working with new parishes? Mission. Like youth, the, youth mission, youth mission, like, because it, that is what we're doing. Like that, in, instead of calling it youth ministry, mission to youth or youth mission, whatever it's called. Um, and having common language that makes sense to everyone. All right. Is that the whole name of the thing? Like, so Chris is holding up for those of you on YouTube, you'll see it, but, um, Chris, read it for everybody else. This is for real. And I, this is why sometimes leadership is helpful because you don't want a committee coming up with a name. But this is a document that they recommend that the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Committee on Evangelization and Catechesis, came up with in January of 2010 regarding topics that should be considered when you're doing a youth ministry kind of for a four-year plan or something like that. This document is titled, take a breath, Adaptation of Doctrinal Elements of a Curriculum Framework for the Development of Catechetical Materials for Young People of High School Age for Use in Parish and Youth Ministry Programs. <laughs> How many words is it? I don't, I don't know. I can't. I, I never learned to count that high. It's like a variable, right? <laughs> it's like it's like tw- yeah. You couldn't tweet it's this an, document it's title al- out. It's an algebra uh, algebraic equation. <laughs> it, it, it's it's insane. It's just like wh- why? And, and and no one ever calls it that. They say, hey, you know that document that has all those topics? Which one? The one with the really long name. So literally, this one's common language term that people use is the one with the really long name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. I've always heard of it called oh, the framework for catechesis. Is that a different document? That is absolutely a different document. Okay. Yeah. That, and and that document you have in your hand is based on that, the framework for catechesis, right? Is that it true? It is. Yeah. The curriculum framework. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Like, stop doing that. Like, don't do that, especially with your retreats or your events or anything like that. Um, come up with uh, something that's a lot more common and that makes sense. Well, and, and they were trying to combine a couple of things. And what happens in the real world when people combine a couple of things? Mm. Nine months later, they give it a name, but they don't call it, you know, Chris's special love shared with his wife, Kendra's special love. and On the night they, of November 14th, right, 2008. They don't, they don't. You actually <laughs> name it something new. And so it's okay to name things something brand new. Because you're like, the language over here doesn't work. The language over here actually does work, but there's a lot of territory in regards to it. So let's find common language somewhere in the middle and create something new. Not so common language. Let's join your language with my language and just put them together. But that's exactly that's what happened. That's not what yeah. we should do. Yeah. So, whew. 
but yeah, like so, a common language with um, with anybody you're communicating with matters. So, in ministry leaders, they you have to work with the pastor, you have to work with the finance department, you have to work with the maintenance people, and all of this stuff. Making sure you're using common language uh, with all of those different departments is 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 essential. Yes, but coming with that common language is better than trying to get a committee to come up with that common language, yeah. as evident by the document title that we just uh, that we just read through. So, don't be afraid to say, you know, I think. It might be worth considering, ask good questions, right? It might be worth considering just calling it this instead yeah. of calling it da 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 It yeah. just makes it easier for people to remember. And people in the room are going to start nodding their heads because, you know what? Your idea sounds better than the idea that I was thinking. You know, there's some people that are just great. And sometimes okay ideas are better than bad ideas. So let's just yeah. keep moving forward. Yeah. Well, and, and we had a, a discussion about this yesterday. I might as well talk about it here too. But like defining terms matters. So when you say the word youth night, what does that mean to you? You know, does youth night mean sacramental prep to you? Um, that that may be something different. Does youth night mean purely outreach to you? Um, what does it mean to you? And defining those terms matters. And that's kind of why I, I even I joke I joke about blowing up the term youth ministry because it, it right now what it means in most people's minds is not what it is. And so, like, I, I, I want to stop using, I want to stop using that word because it means it doesn't mean anything. It means a variety of not good things. Yes. Uh, glorified babysitting. Yep. A religious education just with bigger people in the room. Yeah. Um, irrelevant confirmation prep to get a check mark so that yep. we can go ahead and move on with our lives. Yeah. Right. And and it, or it means just fun and games. Just pizza, yeah, pizza and fun and games. Pizza and side hugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and so that's why I, I, I'm like, I <laughs> don't like that word anymore. Um, I don't like that phrase anymore because it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. And so it is not common language. Youth ministry, that, that phrase youth ministry cannot be common language. Yeah. Uh, one more piece of common language that we changed that I think is helpful for our, our leaders to, to hear is, uh, is we, we want to change it from job to mission. Like when we're talking to people that we're supervising or volunteers or something like that, like your job was to get the 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 uh, the, the icebreaker uh, completed by this date and it's not done. That's yeah. not their job. Your mission, your task. Yeah. But but using mission and using some of that language that gets us gospel focused and spirit spirit driven is so much more mobilizing and encouraging uh, than just saying like that normal economy of guilt. Like oh, I delegated to you and it didn't happen. That was your job. Like it's your fault. Like. Let's talk about the core of the mission every time we talk about any task that needs to yeah. be accomplished. The, the responsibility that you didn't get done affected the mission. Yes. You know, is, is a whole lot different than you didn't do your job. Yep. You know, um, and, and that's the, again, common language that we, we in ministry, ministry leaders need to start using um, is to be much more mission oriented, mission focused rather than job Excellent. Now it's time for a new segment. It's called Your Homework Assignment from Ministry Leaders Anonymous. So we want Ooh. you to take one thing, one thing that it currently exists in your economy of ministry and make common language from that. Simplify the language or the term or something like You probably have something already in mind. Maybe it's a document or a handbook or something that you wrote. And, uh, and, and so think about it and make that this week one of your priorities to find common language for that. Share it with one or two people to get some feedback and then implement it. Excellent. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Please send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. 
And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and simplify one thing into common language. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.